0: Welcome to episode 11 of On Farm with the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland. I'm Anna Davis and I thought we'd start this time by introducing you to the horses here at the farm. I'm joined by Gentle Giant Duke, Welsh Pony Chuckles and Miniature Shetland Angus. We only compete at small local shows but these boys are a huge part of our lives. Certainly for me over Covid They've been a great tonic for being able to escape into the countryside and fresh air and relieve some of the stress. As for my daughters, I think having a pony helps them to develop compassion, discipline, patience, responsibility and, and so much more. Good boy. So this episode is all about the relationship so many of us have with these beautiful creatures. Hearing from all sorts of people involved in competing with horses in many different ways at
1: the Highland Show. My name is Anne Logan. I'm a Stirling Area Director for the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland. My res- responsibility at the Royal Highland Show is chief steward of show jumping. I'm also actually chairman of British Show Jumping Scotland and I work still part-time as an equine vet with Lochleven Equine Practice. And my daughter used to show jump and events, so yes, I suppose I do have a bit of experience.
0: You certainly do. You certainly do. Now, for this episode of the podcast, we are going to be chatting to uh, a couple of show jumpers. So that's your particular area of expertise. But we're also hoping to talk to people who show Highland ponies, Welsh ponies, Clydesdales. Um, We've also got uh, a chat with a farrier lined up because, of course, none of these horsey people could do what they do without the support of farriers and vets like yourself. But I'd love to get from you uh, sort of some of the sort of bigger picture stuff, and I guess starting off with, why do you think it is so important to have such a vibrant equestrian presence uh, at the Highland Show?
1: Equestrianism in Scotland is probably worth about three hundred million to the Scottish economy and the Royal Highland show showcases everything equestrian within Scotland. There's a huge amount of people who just come to watch horses because they love them. They don't own them, but they love to see and they love to see the show jumpers in the main ring sometimes people who have been in the Olympics or the European teams, people book their holidays from one year to the next to make sure that they can go to the show.
0: What what do you think it is that that keeps drawing competitors to come back year after year to, to take part in the Highland Show?
1: For the Scottish competitor, it's a great thing to compete at the Royal Highland Show. For the competitors that come up from the South, they come because we have hoist qualifiers. Um, I'd like to say they come because we are the best show in the country. Um, but more importantly, the show jumpers come because we have a, a large, um, money pot for them to, to win. But mostly for the showing people, um, the, the light horse, the hoist qualifiers are important. Um, for the Clydesdales, the Highlands and the Shetlands, it's, it's their, like their Olympics. To win at the Highland is probably the the accolade that they all want to achieve. Thanks to Anne Logan,
0: we'll hear more from her later on in the episode. My eldest daughter, Honor, who's six, has just joined the Pony Club and we managed one outing before Covid put paid to events for the time being. Honor, what do you think you're looking forward to the most when the Pony Club starts up again? Winning and having fun. Winning? Oh, you think you might win?
2: Maybe.
0: Fingers crossed? Yeah. And do you think Chuckles yeah. will behave himself? I hope he does. Oh, good. For many of us, pony club is the first toe in the water of equestrian sports. It's how most show jumpers, including many Olympic champions, very first got the bug. It's also a favourite spectacle in the Highland Show's main ring.
3: I'm Katrina Willison. I'm the Pony Club area rep from Stirling, right the way north to Orkney, and includes the Western Isles. I'm also on the Mounted Games committee for Pony Club. Ah, right.
0: And and that is, is one of the reasons why we're speaking to you today. Could you perhaps tell us a bit about what Pony Club Games is and uh, how it, it plays out at the Highland Show?
3: Yeah, Mounted Games are for ordinary children on ordinary ponies to have fun. It's fast and furious. It was an idea um, thought up by Prince Philip for all children to have fun on their ponies. It's very, very competitive sport, but also anyone can have a shot. The highlight of many a child's career is to take part in the Highland show in the main ring with all the branch standing around cheering quite happily for them. Um, it's just, Yeah, lots of smiles on that day from the children. There's the bending race, which is very, very fast, where they bend in and out of poles, up and down, and pass on to the next team member. There's always lots of cheering for that one. And if they knock a pole over, they have to go off and fix it. So sometimes it's not always the fastest team that wins. Sometimes it can be the team that corrects a mistake the quickest. There's also lots of games where they have to put a ball in a bucket. Now, if you see these little ponies going so fast and the children can actually get a ball into a bucket or Or balance a ball on top of a traffic cone um, at the speed they're going at it's just amazing and all that in between they're getting on and off. Um, Stepping stones they have to jump off, run across the stepping stones, jump back on and the way the children vault onto these ponies is absolutely amazing.
0: It sure is, and and that's why I was never any good at it myself. (laughs) It must involve a lot of practice and a lot of discipline, so actually it's
3: quite a good thing for children to be involved in, I imagine. Absolutely, and teamwork as well. Um, You have to have a huge team about you, not just the team on the ponies. It's a huge effort from all parents, members, and they practice all winter. Unfortunately, this year, obviously, that hasn't happened. They're just getting out and about now, but... um, teams will practice all winter for competitions that start off very early april and it's the top six teams in scotland that qualify to take part in the highland show
0: so yeah everything you learn doing pony club games is pretty applicable for for going through life i guess isn't it teamwork accuracy detail practice it's it's all there And the
3: highs and lows as well. (laughs) You know, you're not going to win every week, so and every year you're not going to win at the Highland Show. But when you do, it's an extra bonus. Definitely, definitely. And um,
0: so we can see everybody back next year at the Highland Show uh, enjoying the thrill, can we?
3: Absolutely. Um, Yes, even more so than normal, I think. (laughs) They'll be so glad to go out because we've had no competitions this year at all, so they'll be very happy to take part in something next year. Up next, someone else who first got the bug for being around ponies as a small child. But as he freely admits,
0: that was quite some time ago. Tom Best is a retired teacher and passionate breeder and shower of ponies, particularly Welsh ponies.
4: One of the things that drove me, the very first show I attended with a pony was the first pony I ever owned. We were fourth in a 12-2 class, because that's the only class we could go. Got that green rosette thrill to bits. Now, in our area, we had a very snooty little girl who went to private school in Edinburgh, and she um, had this very quality riding pony. But she said to me, who did the plaits on your pony? So I stuck out my chest and said, I did. I did them, I did them last night. And what about the tail? I said, yeah, I did that as well. Yeah, I'm really very pleased with it. And she said to me, it's very obvious A man did that. And I said, I don't know what you mean. She said, because they are so awful, they are so untidy, they're dreadful. I was so affronted and ashamed by that. And I decided at that moment, no one would ever say that to me about the turnout of a pony or horse at a show. And it was many, many years later. A good friend there and a very well-known professional in England, in England called Shoot Hollings, he passed a casual remark at a show and I thought my ponies were beautifully turned out by this time and he said, it's a pity you hadn't quite got the hang of the, the plaits in the main. And I said, really? Yeah, he said, they have to be tidier than that. They're not even, they're not equal. And... He was my next driver, I can tell you. And it's that kick in the backside you sometimes need. An honest opinion, and I think my plats eventually, and these little riding ponies, became immaculate, so much so that the kind of icing on the cake for me at a major show at Melbourne, one of the top professionals, because there was a clashing, I need to get, get ask them to bring my pony to the ring. This top groom said to me, I'll do that if you show me how to do the flash marks on your pony's quarter because none of us can work out how you're doing those and they're absolutely beautiful. Well, I'd made it. I'd absolutely made it at that point.
0: Along with his business partner, David Blair, Tom set up the waxwing stud in Fife in 1972.
4: For some reason, I took to ponies and um, that was a long, long time ago. I'd be still at school when I was interested in them and it's developed ever since. Given that I'm now 69, it's been a long, long journey, and it never ends, and I'm glad. It's wonderful, fantastic. I live in Salon, and along with my uh, partner at the stud here, David Blair, we breed uh, Welsh section b ponies. but we've bred a selection of breeds over the years, mainly Welsh. We um, are judges. I judge for various panels. Uh, Welsh panel, obvious, but I also judge uh, ridden show ponies and hunter ponies for the British Show Pony Society. I judge for the National Pony Society, the Showing Register. So I'm on a number of panels.
0: Can you just tell me, what is it about Welsh ponies that kind of captured your heart?
4: I think it was Welsh ponies and Wales. I think there was two, a combination of both. But I think there's another thing. Uh, I like pictures. I, I love paintings. I'm, I'm interested in art. And so I think there's a value in looking at something. Looking at a Welsh pony, it's particularly beautiful. And I think that's a key thing. They're, they're lovely. And we also had, apart from the, the Welsh ponies, we've had the British Riding Pony, which is that very quality, ethereal, kind of ballet dancer type of pony that struts at stuff like Naomi Campbell. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing to look at. And so I don't apologise for just liking to look at something. And I think that the Welsh pony has a particular beauty, especially through its eyes. There's it great big poppy eyes and the dished face. Yeah, I just love them. So I've liked them, and that uh, the breed, from a very long time.
0: And how quickly was it then before you started to get involved in the show, the showing circuit?
4: Well, in fact, I thought you'd ask me this question. So these two ponies, um, Norwood Trickle and Norwood um, Snowberry, were our very first entries at the Royal Highland Show. That was 1970. Now, I'd been going to the Highland Show for 10 years prior to that. I first went to the Highland Show in 1960 when the show moved to its permanent site at Ingolston. So I was just a boy. I was just a lad. Ten years after that very first uh, visit to the Royal Highland, I found myself showing these two ponies. So David Blair and I shared the interest and we showed these two ponies. Needless to say, they won absolutely nothing. But the next year, the next year, we got some rosettes, which was great. And I noticed that the very first time we won our first rosette at the Highland show was in 1974. So that was when our first had a red rosette at the Highland show. And the pony we won it with was a pony called Pentland Monarch that we had bought for £50 as a colt foe. Well, at that time, we still felt other people won those rosettes, first rosettes. We never entered thinking that we could win a red rosette that day. And to stand at the top of the line when it had been an ambition, it's something you had been looking forward to, You know, it's that moment when time actually stands still and you're almost looking in at yourself thinking, I'm going to win that red rosette. So it's actually the anticipation and the red rosette coming towards you. It's almost happening in slow motion. And you think, yeah, I've got this red rosette. It was absolutely fantastic. It was a great feeling. It was achievement. It was enjoyment. It was feeling as if, This is where I now want to be and without knowing it, it was setting the standard for the future. Some 20 years later, in 1994, we won the supreme accolade of Light Horse at the Highland Show with a homebred Welsh Section C called Waxwing Reward and he qualified for the Horse of the Year Show.
0: Thank you to Tom for sharing his stories. One thing that's becoming clear is that keeping horses seriously is usually a mix of passion, hobby, work and lifestyle. Your choice of breed, though, or competition indeed, can sometimes be a happy accident. I'm Jo Jack. I live near St Andrews,
5: just south of St Andrews.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about your involvement um, with Highland ponies?
5: Yeah, I um, got introduced to them in 1981 when uh, friends of my parents, who had a stud up Glanesque, wanted a mare ridden and wondered if I would... Try and ride it at the Highland Show. So I got given this um, very accident prone mare and I ventured to the Highland Show age 16. She had spent more time being injured than being ridden, so we were at the end of the line, but that, the seed was sown. I don't think I've missed a show since.
0: Really? Wow, so she, she not only introduced you to a love of going to the Highland Show, but also a love of Highland, the Highland breed. Yes.
5: It was just an introduction to the, one of the best shows in the world, well, definitely in the country, probably the world. I know that because I've, when you're away judging other places, you meet people and you say about the Highlands show and it's the show they all want to come to, it's the show they all want to judge at, it's the one they've heard so much about. So, And we're, we're sitting there quite smugly going, we're here every year. <laughs>
0: Presumably during your your showing career you you must have brought home i presume um a red rosette or more from the Highland show did you I've been very lucky
5: I think there's an element of luck because it's obviously what the judge likes on the day when you're showing, not like the show jumpers they have to perform whereas a showing it's very much a judge's choice of the day but yes i after my first fairly disastrous appearance at the Highland Show, I was given a mayor by um Nancy and Gordon McIntosh, who were up Glenesque, Dalbrack, they gave me a, a filly to break and back. And I took her there as a four-year-old and was, I think, last. I took her back as a five-year-old and the judge said, it's not your day, but it will be. And I think it was, um, I think she was, she's made seven, I think. And yes, she was Highland Show champion at seven. Uh, so I was very lucky I got my first championship quite early on in my career yes and the more I've worked with the ponies the more I've learned I keep learning that you know you they're all individual some mature that bit quicker than others and others are just a bit slower but you know just take your time and just work hard be disciplined be consistent and if you are good enough if you are on the right tracks, you will get the rewards.
0: And you, you obviously have. Um, well done. Uh, can, you, can you think back, can you, can you transport yourself back to that day when you won that very first Red Rosette and try, if you're able to, describe to us how you felt?
5: Yeah, I was kind of looking at the pictures just recently because there's been a, no shows this year, there's been a lot of reminiscing. And yes, I can remember the excitement, the emotion crying my eyes out and then thinking oh no I've got a red nose for pictures now so it's a bit embarrassing but yes the, the whole excitement of it it still doesn't leave you or even if you're and, and this is, somebody said already even if it's a blue rosette or a yellow rosette it's still at Highland Show you know to be placed I will think if you get in the top six at Highland Show you're doing you're doing okay
0: well, absolutely, because I am a horse rider, but not anywhere near that sort of league. So um, I, it's absolutely a badge of, of honour and achievement. Um, now, I I have three or four friends who show Highland ponies at the Highland show. And I, whilst I've never been myself, because I'm probably not invited, I hear that there are some fairly fun parties that go on, particularly after you've won that red rosette or even a blue one. <laughs> uh, oh, it's, it's, it's funny the. In the old
4: days,
5: there used to be very, very organised parties. Like, if you were champion, you went and got yourself sorted up and then everybody would be round that night and celebrate. And the first time, no, it was the second time I was uh, champion, I remember the owners, it was totally unexpected. And the owners went out straight to the supermarket, bought as much fizz and things as they could, came back, and we had the most amazing party in the old um, canvas huts. Nowadays, we had the big Kayleigh, which was great fun, but it sadly got a little bit too big. So, we're back to just um, parties in the boxes, and they can be quite impromptu now. They, you can be down there just chatting away to some friends, and the next thing everybody's drawn their chairs up, the kist has been opened, whoever's box it is serves up whatever's in that box, and then somebody else will come along, and then they'll, and, and it's just th- that party will grow, and then people will drift off. And before you know, you've got another party just down the way or up the way, and it's just such a lovely social atmosphere. That's the biggest single thing I think we've all missed this year. You know, we we have our we have our box parties, and then we also have the the fire at the barbecues and things out in the car park where a lot of
0: us are staying in lorries and camper vans and things. Now, this this might be the most difficult question I, I'm going to ask you. Um, when you go to the Highland Show, what's more important, that the winning? Or the taking part?
5: Going back to what I said, it's the judge's choice in a day. It has to be the taking part. Winning's a bonus. And yeah, it, it's fantastic. But no, take, being part of the party, being part of the whole show, whether it's competing, whether it's grooming, whether it's judging, just being part of it is, to me, the biggest, the biggest thing. If I do well, brilliant, great fun. But it's not the be-all and end-all.
0: Jack, competitor steward, judge, all with a passion for Highland ponies. Thanks to her for taking the time to speak with us.
2: Well, I'm Stephen Lahore, 32 years old. Um, We live just a mile outside St Andrews. Yeah, we have an equestrian business where we buy and sell horses. We compete show jumping um, up to kind of three-star Grand Prix level. And I'm the older brother. I'm Angus Lahore. I'm 35 years old. Um, and of course I'm the most important one in the business because I'm the older brother, you know um, <laughs> but we both work together really well and to be fair, the one thing is it's very much a combined effort we work as a good team because we both have very strong um, gosh, what's yeah, the word? Yeah, i would say like some of us Like I'd say I do slightly more of the competing side and Angus does more of the teaching and training And it all kind of works as one, really.
0: Yeah, excellent. So a perfect family business, really. (laughs) Yeah, and I have to say, I'm an older sibling, so I totally get where you're coming from there, Angus. So has horses been part of your lives then since you were kind of knee-high to a grasshopper?
2: Not really, no. Um, My mum and dad were farmers, they rode when they were kids, and uh, just that a very much got rough and ready on the farm, as kind of every farmer does. They jump on their ponies and canter through the woods, kind of thing. And then we started developing a small livery yard business as one of my Dad's developments. And then we started riding, and that was maybe um, when I was thirteen years old. Um, and then by the time I was sixteen, I'd competed at the Highland Show. So it kind of it kind of went from zero to a lot, quite a lot, quite in quite a quick space of time.
0: Yeah. So yeah tell me about that first you said you were 16 when you first went to the Highland Show tell me about that and how how did it feel to to be kind of going to the the show w- uh, within sort of the Scottish farming and equestrian world
2: Yeah absolutely it's got the Highland Show is the most special show to so that is anyway. Um, it's been in our family, got our farming kind of ge- farming families for a few generations now. So since I've been born, I've been going to the Highland Show, first of all, with the agricultural side. And then since I've probably been 16, I've been competing at the Highland Show every year, ever since. The atmosphere. Oh, the atmosphere is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did that contribute in any way to your level of nervousness then the first time you competed? Because it is like a kind of wow i'm really here
2: yeah of course yeah definitely of course i think i'd I say it's not necessarily nerves it's more the will to want to do well not only just for me but obviously are riding your horse you're kind of wanting the horse to do well and you believe in them and you want them to do kind of show off what they're made of um, and one of my favorite classes of the show is the andrew black speed class on the in the main ring on the friday afternoon it has the most unbelievable atmosphere God, there must be, I don't know, fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 people watching the on the Saturday, on, on the Friday and Saturday afternoons, um, which is an unbelievable feeling. And first three, first three riders go back in and can, and can try and ha- have the chance to uh, beat their original time. Um, and it's a table C speed class, so if you knock a fence down, you have to go faster. So the crowd really get behind them, and, and all the riders and the horses usually rise to the occasion. And I would say classes like them, they are very, very special to the show. And then, obviously, once you finish up, it's great to meet all your friends and family and from cousins to riding friends and clients to sponsors. Um, We're sponsored by, for example, Devico Saddles, and they'll usually have a stand there. I think it generally is the Highland show is a special thing because it does every single element to what we're doing.
0: Yeah, and I guess I I don't really like this word, but I guess networking kind of comes to mind. You know, you're, you're both running a business. So it's really important for you to, to speak with and meet with, as you say, sponsors, people you have sold horses to, people you might sell horses to in the future. So I guess that's kind of a key part of it as well. It's just the great thing about the Highland show is that you can quite often network with a glass of something in your hand at the same time.
2: Definitely, absolutely. It's um, We always have a running joke of how long will it take us to get from the show jumping collecting ring up to the members, and sometimes it can take an hour or two. <laughs> so it's, uh, which is part of, part of the parcel, it's absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, definitely. Stephen, you mentioned the crowds, you know, the, the the show jumping, but not just the show jumping, all of the horsey classes really do draw crowds. People love to go and watch horses. But how important do you think it is that that the Highland show and other regional and local shows have a key horsey element and, ha- and sort of display equestrianism to, to the wider public?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, as I said I, I kind of concentrate a little bit more, I've said a little bit about the sport element of it, so there's actually competition. It's not just that. As I said there's um, friends and friends of ours, like, for example, Ronnie Black at Clive Clydesdales. They do a lot of the showing. And there's people doing the working hunter classes, people um, doing lead rain ponies. So you can actually have kids as young as four and five competing there up to people... I think there'll be some show jumping people um, in their 60s well, that are competing. So it does have such a diverse group of people. It's not just down to the wealth of people either. People can qualify on ponies that are worth hundreds of pounds as well as maybe some of the Grand Prix jumping horses worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. So when, you get, when you're competing at any discipline at the Highland Show, you know it's a special, special occasion.
0: Thanks also to the Lahore brothers. Stephen mentioned Ronnie Black, veteran Clydesdale breeder, also from Fife. We had a lot of people from Fife in this episode actually. Uh, not intentional, and we'll get back to some geographical diversity next time, I promise. Clydesdales are intrinsically linked with Scotland's heritage, and these iconic gentle giants have a special place in many people's hearts.
6: I'm Ronnie Black, Newton of Colessie, Ladybank Fife, born 14147, a farm in partnership with my wife Dory and two boys, Mike and Pete. We breed Clydesdales. I've been around these horses all my life. My father had them. My grandfather had them. And we've met a lot of nice, lovely people who have bought animals from us. And it's a bit like a club. We keep in touch with these people that, that buy them from us and, and uh, follow the thing through.
0: Over the years, you've 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 done extremely well, haven't you? Not just at the Highland Show, but but at other shows as well. But can you tell us a bit more about, uh, about some of your wins and, and some of the, the ones that stick in your mind?
6: Milestone ones would be when we won the Highland show in our own name in 2004 with a filly called the Calessi Duchess. She was our first champion at the Highland. We'd done very well showing and producing for a family called Trotter from Ormiston, Mains in East Lothian. Uh, Robert was a great supporter of us and we looked after his horses with great success winning the Highland in 1999 with Sophie and then with Amelie. She was reserved as a yearling. Amelie was Sophie's daughter. Amelie came back as a five-year-old and was champion for the second time and her daughter Amber won after that. And then Amber became our property, and uh, she produced Jennifer, and Jennifer won it as a yearling.
0: If you were to close your eyes now and and transport yourself back to two thousand and four, and standing in the ring um, when when you find out that, that you've won, how what, what were those feelings like? What's going on in inside your head and in your heart?
6: Well, it's just a bit of a buzz, isn't it? It's a pride, a pride thing. You've nurtured this animal from birth, and brought it on, there's been a few hurdles to overcome. It's a bit like winning the it's a bit like the Olympics. The Highland would be the Clydesdale Olympics, as it is for many other breeds, I'm sure. That's what we aim for.
0: Is it the protection of the breed that's part of your motivation to carry on looking after these lovely animals?
6: Well it's it's a yeah that's a that's a sideshow to, to having them and enjoying them, to be honest. But it is important to try and keep the thing alive. You know, when I was a child, these animals were all on farms. It was all farmers that had them. But today, a lot of different types of people who are very, very important for the breed have them. You know, they died in the world. Old Clydesdale guys are getting pretty scarce, to be honest. So, yeah, we, we do enjoy doing what we're doing, and hopefully we are helping the breed to stay afloat.
0: If any of our listeners who aren't horsey might think gosh these these Clydesdales are enormous and and really quite intimidating but but I know that actually yes they are enormous but intimidating they're not because they're they're hugely good natured aren't they are they a lovely breed to, to, to be around.
6: yeah they they're, they're characters in their own their own way really they're you know the tag is the gentle giant and that's really really what most of them are. They're a bit like people we're not all perfect. But, you know the nice ones are superb and they're intelligent. The, they, as would be evidenced by their working days when they would, you know, they do a lot by voice command, and they were easy to deal with. You know, you can see these guys who do the driving of them. They, you know, they've got terrific control of them. They do a lot by voice and just touch on the reins. And once they've got them properly schooled, they're 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 very impressive. Mm.
0: They certainly are. They're so, for being so big, they're so graceful and and, and elegant to watch. I think it's really, really lovely. One of of the mayors that you have at the moment, um, Jennifer, um, I know that that you and she were models in 2017, um, and you took part in in a a photo shoot as the hero image of the Royal Highland Show 2017. Um, Was that quite an honour to be involved in that?
6: Indeed it was. It was a great uh, uh, buzz as well. We've had a few buzzes with that Highland show and this was just another one. (laughs) Uh, The whole thing took a bit of time to get it how they wanted it, but it was all worthwhile in the end because the end result was obviously successful.
0: As we discussed, none of the competitors within any of the horse rings at the Highland show could manage without those who work behind the scenes, such as vets, grooms and farriers.
7: My name's Rory Robb. I'm an associate of the Whistle Company of Farriers and I've shod in and around the borders for 30 years and I've spent 40 years learning how to shoe horses (laughs) some will say that the training's only 5 years but the, um, the truth of the matter is that you never stop learning as far as competitions go I find that Competing for me just brings another level. It means that I uh, I learn new skills, and also it keeps my eye on the ball, maintaining my quality. My baptism of fire at the Highland Show was roughly 30 years ago, and at that time it was in an old tin-covered shed with a canvas bit out the front. In those days, they used coal, and the coal... uh, The coal fires were extremely hot. I remember coming into the forge and seeing these massive big volcanoes in each fire. They, uh, They kept these fires just... There's a real art to use and coal. And that's where I find the competition so good. You're basically passing knowledge on. The younger lads can go, they can come and watch us working. And they, uh, they learn from that.
0: Because, yeah, as long as people compete and ride horses, we're always going to need new farriers coming through.
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm getting to the stage now where I'm starting to ease back a bit. I've trained nine apprentices, my daughter being one of them. It's also been really amazing to see, right like, to the the Scottish Farrier Team develop. The Highland Show offered us the forge as a sort of permanent home for the Scottish Farrier. We now use that um, for team practices throughout the year. Obviously this year's been very different. We know the facilities are really good. So, yeah, we have a a great depth of horseshoeing skills in Scotland and, like I say, the Highland show is definitely an integral part of that Um, and helping to promote the uh, the skills and I I think also it's a great I mean from a competitor's point of view it's great to see so many public come and watch us as well because obviously they hear the anvil going they smell the smoke and it does bring them in so it's a great crowd puller as well.
0: You can see why because it's I almost wish we had video here instead of a podcast because it's fascinating for people to see and, and to watch. We've talked to show jumpers and Clydesdale breeders and Highland pony breeders throughout this episode, and you probably wouldn't use this term to describe yourself, but you know, they talk about the unsung heroes of the, of the horsey world because they're out in the ring competing, but they couldn't do what they do without the farrier and the vet and, and the groom and everybody that supports them. You probably wouldn't call yourself an unsung hero, but do, do you find that you get... You get a good deal of thanks for your contribution in the whole uh. cycle. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
7: we get some. Obviously, the the skill in this job is keeping and maintaining horses uh, sound. Yeah. Occasionally, we'll get problems like laminitis or conformational problems. And obviously, we have to pull out that little bit extra for them. Yes. But I think, again, to be... Good at the job is to be able to maintain soundness in horses and you know that's where uh, competing helps is just maintaining your standard letting keeping your eye on the ball you know
0: and uh, i'm obviously i 'm talking to you as lockdown restrictions are easing but um the farrier is, is obviously extremely important for animal welfare, so you've been a key worker and out and about doing your job. Yeah, and again, down, I think
7: you? we probably haven't... Well, we don't seek recognition, we're just doing our job. But yes. Yeah, I think if we hadn't been out doing our job, we would be have a lot of welfare issues by now. We have all sorts of things that affect the feet, the weather being one of them. With after having such a really long wet winter and then a real dry spell, you know, the feet tend to suffer one way or the other.
0: Just before we finish up, one last word with Highland Show director Anne Logan on something that's become a bit of a theme for this
1: episode the importance of winning versus the love of just being involved with horses and with the show. The taking part is important, but winning the rosette is the ultimate undoubtedly. I mean, people um, will treasure their rosettes from the Royal Highland. I mean, if you ask the equine photographer, I mean, he's inundated with people just buying the photograph of them, not just competing at the Highland show, but then if they actually are in the the lineup and win a prize, then they'll probably buy two, three or four photographs because it's a memory that they will always have.
0: Absolutely. Uh, But I suppose also that's where equestrian sports perhaps differ from Golf, as an example, in that you're dealing with a living, breathing animal that you have a, a huge bond with, as well as the fact that that animal is something that, that you compete with. And do you think that makes equestrian sports th- for that reason a bit different to others?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because whether you're showing them on the flat or you're riding them or you're show jumping, it's a partnership with your animal. And there's a passion there for that animal. So, yeah, absolutely, it, it, it's a partnership and a combination of success.
0: Many thanks to Anne and to everyone we've heard from this time. This has been a particularly enjoyable episode of On Farm for me to be involved in because horses are one of my real passions. I hope that you have enjoyed it too. It was certainly inspiring to speak to so many other people with the same passion, as well as those with a bit more skill and perhaps more patience than I think I am probably blessed with as we've said before please do help us to share these episodes if you can if you know anyone who is yet to listen to on farm surely not but who loves horses this episode might be the perfect introduction so please do help us spread the word monty and i will both be with you next time for a joint episode looking at history and heritage associated with the royal highland society the royal highland show and scottish rural life in general so we'll see you then